So I happened to read on Twitter last night that you were going to cut your own hair. And now looking at you, I can see that you have cut your own hair. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> have you not? No. Has that not been cut? <laughs> the hair has been cut, but I didn't do it. I <gasps> know oh, there are only two other possibilities in the household and it wasn't Sven. His wasn't lack of Sven. thumbs was an issue. But no, I went to start cutting my hair uh, and then my husband said, I want to do it because I've been cutting his hair and beard. But you know, with clippers, it's a little bit easier. Why can't he cut his own beard? He can see his own. Why do you cut a beard? He can well, see his beard. Well, I just kind of do it all in one and it's, it's fine. Uh, I think he quite enjoys it being pampered, isn't you he? You are a good wife. Right. Okay. So you were going to cut your hair. Did you, had you started to cut your hair? So I was just about to start, essentially. Um, I did a a little bit right at the front and then he said that he'd do it. And I tell you what, he took a chunk off, probably a good three inches off all around, but it's fine. Yeah. No, it's much shorter. You know what I was going to say? And this is, this is a compliment, but when you, because you had your hair up when you first called, and then you put it down. You not you don't look like this person, but I was just thinking of hair. Do you know who, what your hair reminded me of? Well, it's not in great condition because it's been up for the past like twenty four hours since it's been cut. So um, I don't know. Joe Wicks. Oh, Joe Wicks. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was going to be a tennis player. No, the like uh, you, pass or something. you can see all this at home doing PE with Joe Wicks, but it's a it's kind of curly and it's around a different color, but it's around that length. So if anyone's been doing PE at home with Joe Wicks, that's kind of how your hair looks. Yeah, that's basically what Ben Ben went to. I was texting one of my friends the other night, and I I told them I was like, look, Ben just cut my hair, and I have to say he smashed it. And they and their, their response was, oh, did they do it straight? Did he do it straight or with layers? And I'm like, all oh, right, okay. <laughs> cut the hair and it's fine <laughs> stop it's like like what sort like he just took some length off that's all that happened and it's fine if lockdown continues you can work on layers but I think for a first go I mean look you've seen pictures of the boys because their dad cut their hair with clippers and they weren't sitting still and it's <laughs> anything it's is it's anything but straight it's it's sort of wonky. It's a bit. It's fine because they're little. It's oh, layers. Up. Just say it's layers. But if if he had done that haircut on me, I I would have been absolutely devastated. Devastated. Well, yeah, but I felt like there's nothing sort of to to lose because I mean I'm not going anywhere or seeing anyone really. So um, yeah. But anyway, it, it kind of, it kind of look it looks good. So and I feel so much better when my hair's a bit shorter. I just don't like it too long. So do you? Okay. Yeah. Right. So so I feel really good today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing better. I'm getting a little bit frustrated about the not being able to go for a run or even a nice brisk walk. But you knew that would be the case with me. Um, cough is is still lurking. Um, tiredness is still there if I do too much. But it's what's interesting is over the last week or so, I've spoken to a few more people who have had it or believe they've had it. One of my friends went to hospital because she had a really high temperature. I mean, it's crazy. I didn't really have a high temperature and had the breathing problems. She didn't have so much of breathing, but she had this soaring temperature and they took a, a swab, a test for it, and then they lost it. Excellent. And so I said, oh, so they did the test. She said, yeah, but they lost it. So, but speaking to different people, it's amazing how it just shows up in different ways. But no, a lot better. As I say, just the cough that, well, coughs can stay for ages anyway, can't they? And and I keep telling myself I'm going to get back up to getting myself out there. And I think when the weather gets a bit better, I, I'm going to not push it. I won't push it, but I'm going to just do a little bit more. And we've had some good news. Yes, we have. Haven't we? Tennis. 
in the UK anyway. I know we have some international listeners, but uh, for the UK, tennis is uh, it's back on the horizon. Not yet tomorrow. Well, actually, no, today when this goes out. Today, Wednesday, we will uh, be able to play some tennis. But there are conditions to playing tennis. Yes. They didn't go with the pink and blue ball idea that I was offering last I week. Thought that, no, I, you know, I thought that was a very good idea. I don't know why they didn't go. But you can play singles because, as yes. we know in tennis, you are definitely more than two metres apart but you've got to have a big family if you want to play doubles yeah so you can play singles with somebody else and you can yeah play doubles within your family that sort of thing so essentially if you want to go and have a hit you can go and do that and you just have to be very conscious of your hygiene and follow the rules and the social distancing as much as you possibly can but it, it's it's it was such a nice boost because, firstly, because tennis got a special shout out. Weirdly, angling and tennis were the main things that uh, our prime minister seemed to be concerned with. But we are allowed to do it. Um, and I think also golf as well. Uh, and it's just nice because it's a step, isn't it? So it's a step to just on back on the road of like, OK, tennis is an actual thing again in this country. I know in some countries it, you've been allowed to play, uh, but for us, it's been it's been some time. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to getting back out on court. It, I keep being reminded that obviously we focus on where we're living. So it's great news that from Wednesday, so today, if you're listening to it, on the release of the pod, people can get back out there and you can do coaching at social distancing required levels. But I was speaking to another friend who is from South Africa. And so I said, you know, if things go well over the next few weeks, would you spend the summer in South Africa? And she said, well, no, I spoke to my mum and they don't expect the peak in South Africa to be till June therefore July and August would be the worst time and I think you get sometimes so caught up in in where you are on the restrictions and when you can move around that you forget that it's still at very different stages in different places around the world. Yeah which is the biggest problem for the tennis tour resuming really with everybody coming from all corners of of the earth. Um, there will I imagine whenever it starts again there will be some nations, some players that will get a little bit burned by it because they uh, might be lagging behind in the timeline. So the Prime Minister, he did say, although a number of people were quite confused initially about what was said and what people could or couldn't do, etc. But in terms of live sporting events, they fall into possibly when primary schools could return and that would be not before the 1st of June. And that could be sporting events be it football, be it tennis, etc., behind closed doors that's able to be broadcast. So that's that's another positive. I mean, it's all it's all speculation because we don't know what will happen in the next few weeks leading up to then. But there's there's something to aim for, and there are people already in the tennis world who are putting plans in place for some kind of localized tournament to be possible. Yeah, I think we're going to have to look at everything domestically now uh, and again as I say I know we have uh, you know a lot of international listeners but when it comes to Britain there are plans in place uh, to host uh, sort of like a national event later in the summer and actually I've got a bit of information on it for anyone who's interested um, so I think more details will come out this week but it's the British Closed Women's Tennis Championships 2020 uh, and I like that they put the year there because it means that this might be the beginning of actually like an annual event. Um, oh, that's true. Which will be nice. The event will see 16 of the GB top 20 WTA players battle it out in a two-tier singles event. 
the top eight players in the Premier event and the next eight ranked players in the second tier draw. Uh, there will also be a Premier doubles event consisting of eight of Great Britain's finest uh, doubles teams. Uh, so we've got little bits and pieces about the format. Uh, the event will be in London and it will be in the summer. But as you can appreciate, they haven't been able to actually nail down the, uh, the, the final details on the logistics. But it will be one of the first events back in this country and uh yeah marking the return of competition tennis competition in the uk this is great news because a while back jamie murray had talked about trying to sort something out for the summer as i say playing within our countries which is all we can do at the moment but it's great to get something going but this would be good because if they're talking about the top british women i i imagine singles easier than doubles at the moment because we have to see how things go in terms of more people on court but you can't imagine there'd be many of those players, those British women, who wouldn't want to be involved because they must be desperate for some sort of competition. Oh, absolutely. I mean, just to play some sort of matches to kind of get you ready for the competition. And, and it is actually quite challenging, I think, for players right now, whether you're juniors or in between starting on your journey as a professional or, or, or rank quite highly, because yes, restrictions have been lifted and everybody's so excited and keen to get back to the court, but there isn't any notion of competition on the horizon in terms of international events, juniors, anything that we would know of. So that motivation, I mean, how long will that sort of excitement to get back to training last when you're just weeks and weeks and weeks of waiting and then it would be weeks and weeks and weeks of training and you might be pushing on towards the summer thinking okay we still don't have any tournaments actually scheduled to take place so that could be um i think difficult for people so this will just be great to get them involved and it's being run in association with the progress tour the tournament is a player-led independent initiative developed with the backing of a long-time supporter of british women's tennis yeah, the Progress Tour are gonna gonna run it, and it's gonna be a great event. I'm sure it will be. Is it gonna be? Are they looking? Is, will there be prize money? So a proper event in terms of if you win it, you will be financially rewarded. Yeah, guaranteed matches, earning opportunities for every player, like you would expect from uh, that sort of level of, of event. So it's great news. So the British closed Women's Championships 2020, and hopefully. Over the coming days and weeks, we will learn about who's involved. We'll get a bit more information about that. But you know what? For these players, it's something to aim for. They're not just getting out on the court and practicing or being in the gym or working out in their garage or living room. This is something for them to actually prepare for in a competitive sense. Yeah, it will. And there won't be any crowd there, um, I imagine, unless that changes. But like you were saying, in terms of the phases that were set out by the government, it seems like competition will come back behind closed doors, um, which is what this will sort of fall into, that that category. Um, but uh, I don't know, but I'm sure there'll be a way to watch it. There'll be lots of people who will be wanting to, to watch that level of tournament in terms of streaming, that sort of thing. So, uh, yeah, a lot to look forward to, but I do think there are going to be more announcements uh, throughout the rest of this week. Have you been keeping an eye on things in America? It's quite surreal, isn't it? Seeing a tennis court almost in the middle of nowhere with no spectators and no one really there. And then two players wander up, the likes of Riley Opelka and Hubert Herkech and Miamir Ketsmanovic and a number of players have been playing. They tap the rackets at the end of a match. They obviously don't go near each other. It's, it's tennis as we've always known it in terms of how they're playing and, and the tennis court. But 
it's just quite surreal to see it in action. Yeah, it was odd. I was just wondering, like, did, did that court, did they just build that for that or something? No, it was it was on a private estate. Right, because it literally looked like it was just in the middle of a field. Yeah, no, I think it was it was a private estate, which meant they had the social distancing because it wasn't surrounded by other... It was just weird, wasn't it? Because it was sort of in the middle of a field. And then these two top professionals turn up through this field and onto this court. You're like, okay. And then as we say, it's, it's tennis... Uh, the scoring system is slightly different in terms of what they're going up to in sets and games, but it's 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 tennis. Uh, did you see Hubert Hercatch's tweener? No, I didn't. And but the weird thing is, there's they they had commentators through tennis channels, so they could react to it. But it's weird not having the crowd. It was people can find it social media. Hercatch tweener. It was an absolute stunner. It it just it was incredible. But there wasn't that kind of gasp from the crowd or the cheer or the roar. It's just. It's just quite weird. It will take some adjusting to, I'm sure. But tennis is tennis, um, and we got much more going on now than we had a few weeks ago, so that's good. A discussion, though, that, that's still going. I know that Djokovic, I mean, I, he meant well, and it was a wonderful thing to do, but his proposal of funding for players possibly down to as low as 700 which was done out of came from a very good place and and on the surface is is a wonderful thing to do with people at different levels putting in different money I mean that's that's still rumbling it was set alight by Dominic Toom who said you know I I'm a generous guy and I donate but I don't necessarily want to be giving it to everyone because they don't all deserve it I mean it's it's just taking itself to new levels now. It really is, <laughs> I have to say. And it's something like we've spoken about it for the past few weeks and I've given my opinion, yeah. which is very much in support of Dominic Team, and that he can choose what he does. And I don't feel like players who are ranked lower complaining that the top players would only give $50,000 or complaining that Dominic Team wants to do it is A, a good look at all um, and B, really... <laughs> I just think it's out of order, really, <laughs> to be honest. And yes, it, well, it, it caught another wave of uh, discussion in the past week with the release of a video from the player uh, Ines Ibu from Algeria. And she put together this little documentary of herself. It was an open letter to Dominic Team. it was Well, called. yeah. And <laughs> I'm not going to lie, it, it, it it's difficult because of the way that it was packaged up. I think that that has really rubbed a lot of people up the wrong way because it was directed at Dominic Team. I didn't like it. It was aggressive towards him um, and it was very specific with a number of things she was picking out about Dominic's team, Dominic Team's life uh, and how she hasn't had those opportunities. And packaged up like that, I really didn't like it. If it was just a a little documentary about, look, these are the challenges I face as a tennis player, then then fine. I think that's that's not so much of an issue. And it, it was great. It was very well produced. I enjoyed the video and, you know, the talking over it. And and it was great. And it was a real level of insight. But to lay that at Dominic Team's door, I think, is so out of order. And then if you use the argument of, oh, well, it wouldn't have got the traction if she didn't use Dominic Team's name, well, that's out of order as well. You're just like sending hate his way so that you can promote yourself. And I, there was a lot about it that I really didn't like in terms of the way that it was packaged up. I mean, a lot about it I found fascinating, um, as I say, learning about her story. 
the fallout from it has just been so much. You've got a group of people who feel like it should be aimed towards a Dominic team. And it's, it's, it's fairly negative in terms of the, the content. Um, and then you have another group of people saying, well, it shouldn't really be aimed at Dominic team. It's not his fault that, you know, you haven't had the same opportunities and whatever I was just saying in the video, he hasn't really had anything to do with any of those situations. Really where you should be aiming your your um, complaints um, and negativity is towards the ITF and the ATP, WTA, the structure of the sport. And I just got to the point this week where I was thinking the sport is destroying itself, like from the inside right now. And I find it quite upsetting really playing a little bit devil's advocate did she not have the right to take up on the point when dominic team said and and again he wasn't saying everybody he was saying but not everybody down to that level is professional and i know they don't work hard enough therefore i don't want to give them money so in a sense it was just a right of reply saying because she's what 620 she was saying well hey you know i'm 620 in the world and look what I do, therefore... So she was simply saying, yes, but I'm down there, but I am deserving and I am professional. Well, yeah, but it, it's Dominic Team's opinion that they don't work as hard as, as they could in general. And he didn't say that all of those players aren't trying. That's not at all what he said. And people have interpreted like it like that, and that's not true. Um, but what he has said is that some of them, or you know, many of them, don't put in a hundred percent um and therefore you know he doesn't really want to be forced or to have negative well i mean you know, people can be critical if they want to but you know he doesn't want to feel like the bad guy for saying actually i'm just going to be more selective but if she is one of those who does put in a hundred and ten percent with the resources and the finances she's got maybe she's one of those who is in a position to do so maybe it shouldn't have been called an open letter to Dominic team but maybe she is one of those players in a position to speak up because for everything that she can get hold of she is giving it everything and a little bit more well yeah but it's just I, I hate to be sort of harsh about it but it's just not the way life works like I could have tried really hard for 10 years to be an actor and I have not been that successful at being an actor. I think you would have been great. Thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or a singer. Anything that I'm not pursuing, I'm not... I've never heard you sing, yeah. so I'm not, not going to go... Yeah, <laughs> questionable. Um, but unfortunately, I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose, look, he brought up the issue of people not necessarily working as hard as, as, uh, as they can and committing fully... Um, within that bracket that there's a group of them. So I suppose, yes, that's her reply saying that, hey, I do. But he knows that. He knows there are people that, that do and that there are people that don't. Um, and the brilliant thing about tennis is that you have the opportunity. There's nothing stopping you. You don't have to get selected. You don't have to be on the right team at the right time that does well. You just have to get good and get to the tournaments and you can be number one in the world. And the attack on his privilege, which was in the video in abundance, is, okay, I, I understand in general there are less opportunities in Algeria than there are in Austria. I understand that. But I tell you what, because of tennis, she has had so many opportunities and I feel like there's this perception that tennis is this elitist sport it is inaccessible for vast amounts of people in the world okay 
of, of course there are going to be examples of that but it's incredibly accessible in comparison to other sports and other professions so she is a she was a young girl from Algeria uh, who was sporty and she's been able to pursue her tennis career she got to the top 25 in juniors she's been ranked 600 uh on the WTA which you know that that's good she's a good player like that's that's great and she's been able to do that she won her first 10k event when she was very young where was it in Algeria it was in Algiers in the town in the city that she lives in and where has she played a lot of her other tournaments in Tunisia right next door just across the border so I just feel like tennis gets such a bad rap when what the sport has done the opportunities that it's created first and foremost there have not been many opportunities for women in sport over the past 40 years but there have in tennis the top 10 earning female sports stars of 2019 were all from tennis and it's that that's what we're dealing with here so huge opportunities in terms of being a female athlete because she raised that in her video being a female athlete from Algeria is difficult but I tell you what tennis makes it an awful lot easier in 2019 there were 88 women's ITF professional events in Africa um, spread around okay the majority of them really are in Tunisia and in Egypt those are where uh, they play lots of back-to-back tournaments to try and reduce the cost so basically you can go to Egypt get yourself to Sharm el-Sheikh and you can stay there for months on end if you I've, I've known people stay in Sharm el-Sheikh for three months at a time so you don't have to fly anywhere you can just you just stay in the hotel how do you pay for all of that is it is it some kind of almost like a a holiday package where it's certain amounts included or does the prize money go but how does that how can you afford to stay how could I afford to go and stay in Sharm el-Sheikh for three months and play tennis yeah it's like a um well you got to get yourself there first right so flights uh, and then yeah you pay for your accommodation it's like a full board hotel but is it like a package deal is there a dis it's discounted accommodation because they also want you there to be playing in these tournaments to draw attention to them sometimes it's yes um sometimes it's not so for example in Sharm El Sheikh the person who puts on the tournament owns the hotel so it's a way that through the off season uh, in, in his hotel his resort uh that he would have people continue to come to the hotel and kind of you know you're going to have a group of 50 60 players uh paying for rooms having food that sort of thing so um it, it kind of works in in different ways but i'm not suggesting that you know innes has had an easy time of it at all but i'm just saying that tennis give so many opportunities uh, globally around the world that I don't think any other sport does, whether it's opportunities for women, we've always been at the forefront of that. Um, and whether it's opportunities for people from developing nations, the ITF have the, uh, the, the ITF development fund tennis team that travel around. So all the junior events I went to a lot of the time, there's um, a team um, of players that come from developing nations like somewhere like Algeria and the ITF pay for them to go with coaches. They have five coaches on staff that they pay um, to, to work with these players. They get the full weeks, they get trips um, and they get those opportunities. And like when you, like if you just look at the list, right, I had quite a lot of fun doing this earlier. If we just look in 2019, uh, there were some professional tournaments. There was tournaments in Trinidad and Tobago, Bolivia, Montenegro, Guatemala. Uh, within Africa, you had Kenya, South Africa, Djibouti, Senegal. I've played in Senegal, out in Dakar. Uh, Morocco, Tunisia, 
Egypt. There have also been tournaments in Nigeria, Algeria, as I was saying, in lots of places. Like this has come from like a big effort from the ICF to promote tournaments. And as I say, 88 professional tournaments, women's tournaments alone in Africa in 2019. Yeah, that is a, a huge amount. And and they really try and focus on the entry level. So it's 15Ks, that sort of thing, the entry level, so that people can get off the mark. And then once they do well, like Ines Ibu did, she won that tournament in Algeria. You can then pr- get propelled on uh, to do other things. Um, and then <laughs> particularly with the juniors. So that's the real focus because they want to keep people in the sport through teenage years so the itfs the juniors around the world i mean there's some awesome places that they have tournaments right just listen to this okay namibia jamaica i'm just talking about last year here that's all i'm talking about namibia jamaica ivory coast guam there's a tournament in guam it's (laughs) it's chucky cheese's grade five itf it's played every year in guam right like chuck chucky cheeses yes chucky cheeses grade five itf it's been brilliant every year in guam if you're from guam you have a local tournament i could i could go on tajikistan botswana mozambique fiji aruba zimbabwe ghana iran togo bangladesh just to name a few where junior tournaments are taking place so when this video came out there are a group of people having a go at dominic team which I think is not fair. And as much as he was a little bit harsh in his comments, that's what he thinks. And he's entitled to his opinion. He's come through those rankings. He's been that ranking. um, And he's now a top five player. And then you have another group of people who are saying, look, it's not Dominic Team's fault, but you know whose fault it is? It's the ITF, the ATP, the WTA. They're not doing enough for these players. And... I'm saying that whilst they are not a flawless organization, the ITF, there are things that they that I wish they had done differently over the past few years. One of the best things about tennis and the best things that they do is the global outreach and the opportunity to be from anywhere, even Guam. And you can play. <laughs> okay, I know it's only one <laughs> tournament, but that opportunity. But, but that's that's the point here because this came from... Djokovic wanting to create a fund to support the lower-ranked players. Dominic Team saying he wasn't sure he'd want to give his money just generally to all of them. And Inisabu saying, well, hang on a second, I could use that money. Because it's about the finances. And if she hasn't got the money, she can play in her local tournaments. But how does she get to Guam? How does she get to Nigeria? How does she get to Jamaica to play these tournaments? I guess that's the thing, isn't it? Not having the she hasn't got the finances to to take part in Chuck E. Cheese's Guam tournament. <laughs> yeah, well that's a junior event, so it's slightly different. But the the theory goes that if they can get tournaments in enough regions in the world, the entry level tournaments, so juniors and the low level professional events, then you don't need to travel much until your ranking gets up to about four hundred. That is when you would need to start actually really traveling around the world uh, and playing uh, in different events because you need to play a higher standard of tournaments to get more points and those sorts of things so the 88 tournaments i'm talking about in africa are all entry level ultimately there's a couple of bigger ones but really so once you get to about 400 you would maybe 350 you would then move on uh, to play the the higher tournaments uh, to get some points but that's sort of the idea is that you can stay more locally and you don't need to spend as much money 
before you get to a certain point. And then once you get to about 300, 400, you can say, okay, being professional is actually kind of on here. I might be able to get there. Uh, what do I need to do? And, and trying to, to get yourself to those tournaments. And that's why, for me, it's that block of players that... I feel needs the most support. It's an interesting one. I first saw this video because good friend of ours, Reem Abelel, posted it on Twitter and I watched the whole 10 minutes and I found it thoroughly interesting and it was called An Open Letter to Dominic Team. Now, Reem followed up and did an interview with Ines Abu, which you can, if you follow Reem on Twitter, you can find the article and then she also has a Patreon page. If you sign up for that, there's a bit more. But there was a quote here from the piece and this is, Innes been quoted here saying, I just want to tell him, team, that the words he used are disrespectful, but I'm open for everything. I don't want to be closed minded. If he wants to talk, I'd be open to talk. So I, I'm just not I'm just a little bit confused. Was the aim was the aim of that video to get money from Dominic team or to get him to change his mind? Was the aim of the video just to let people know about her struggles or was it a little bit of everything because one minute I'm looking at thinking that is really tough and I don't know how she makes it work and then the next minute (coughs) as you mentioned it does get quite personal with with Dominic team it it sort of it crosses lines every now and then well yeah I mean look it's one of those things where the world is is horrifically unfair and inequality is is huge and so much is about the luck of where you're born and the common theme going through the video you know basically talking about what Dominic team has and how good would she be if she had it and when you look at the top players whether it's men women it's a mixed bag that's what's so great about tennis again this perception that it is for the elite I just don't buy it because You've got, okay, you've got Federer and you've got Team and you've got Zverev and Nadal who come up from very nice families, very well-off families who are interested in tennis and sport. You can be anything you want, son. Off you go. Live your dreams, right? And now let's be fair, a lot of kids would fall into the trap of becoming complacent, but somehow they are still lunatics with the level of competitiveness that they have, right? I don't know how they've managed that, but in spite of being very, very comfortable, they have this unbelievable drive. And then on the flip side, you've got... Djokovic and you've got the Williams sisters and Anna Ivanovic and so many players again who have come from poverty from situations which are horrendous from war-torn countries and they have taken a different route now would you like which one's better in terms of what you achieve there's no difference when you look at the top end it's more about who they are as people really isn't it but I <sighs> I feel like the response to this video is, I, I just think it's way off the mark of what I see in my sport and what I'm proud of in my sport. I have to say that this video, and I do urge people to watch it, could end up being life-changing for the 21-year-old Algerian. She's now being followed by Dominic Team's mum, I believe, on Instagram. She's had Venus Williams comment, you're my hero to the post she's had Nick Kyrgios also adding his weight behind it but probably most importantly for Innes in all this the Algerian president has come out and publicly said and again I picked this up from Reem Abelel's Twitter feed there's no way Algeria will waste a sporting talent like Innes Abu who is young and has lots to give and a speciality that is rare for Algerians to excel in 
The Ministry of Youth and Sport will take care of your needs. You have my full support. Awesome. Which is great. Like, uh, and it is great. And I don't, uh, you know, I don't really want to just kind of rip her to pieces because, as I say, like, so much of the video I felt was was great and inspiring and it is tougher for her than it is for a lot of other players and no one's to blame with within the world of tennis when it comes to global politics and how that that plays out it's great I wish her all the best she's clearly a very good player but there have been opportunities provided for her to so that she can get into this situation which is great know that there is another tennis podcast that exists this was brought to our attention by a listener of us. oh yeah that's mine i do a spin-off did you not know it's your <laughs> spin-off so in in your in your latest spin-off you put together you compiled the top 10 ish fbi's most wanted list right okay yeah it was a good one <laughs> was that a good one was that interesting can you remember who was on your list no no yeah so we saw this on on, on twitter right so somebody else has a, a podcast called tennis and and you know what's even worse than that has nothing to do with tennis no but i think that's good oh because because can you imagine if there was a tennis that was kind of what we do would that that would be no. worse wouldn't it a tennis tennis podcast so the so th- this tennis which is is numerically written is basically they compile lists that I imagine go over 10, top 10, because it's 10-ish. So maybe they've done one on tennis, but I know I think it's better that they are so... Because no one's ever... If they're looking for our podcast and they come across theirs, they're not going to suddenly think they found the right podcast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. They get halfway through the podcast and say, uh, I'm not sure if this is <laughs> this is right. Yeah, FBI's most wanted... <laughs> I don't, I don't, I mean, I know they sometimes go random and, and on random. Can I thank some of the listeners who got in touch with things to do with, with mincemeat or ground oh, you beef? you had suggestions? Where people oh. think. There were some suggestions that came in and I, I tried a few things. So I'd, I'd, now, I'd like to move on to chicken Oh, now because if I'm... Wait, a, are we becoming like a recipe podcast? I just, I just need a little bit of advice. We're in, what, what week of lockdown is this? My poor children and other half are sort of getting a rotation of vaguely similar meals you know you sort of right we'll do this we'll do that i love that you use this podcast as a platform to just get people like, advice on life <laughs> why not <laughs> just Let's tell me what to do <laughs> homeschooling tips you know are, are always welcome because by week whatever this is now they're just not it they look at me and they think well i'm not going to get in trouble if i don't do this and they'll probably still let me watch a cartoon at some point and they're still going to feed me and look after me so i don't really need to behave so they've kind of learned it's not the same as school and they'll probably get away with whatever. So homeschooling is rapidly going down the pan. But food-wise, chicken. Because if I think if I make chicken fajitas again for them, I think I think they're done. Oh, I love fajitas. I haven't had fajitas. No, so we've had them quite a lot. So, okay, give me a chicken recipe with chicken. Well, see, we, we're really boring when it comes to chicken. What we do you basically, do with it? We just roast it. We roast a whole chicken. Yeah. Um, and then, so we roasted a whole chicken yesterday, and then we normally have it baked potato and salad. Oh, that's nice. I haven't had it baked potatoes. What do you put on your chicken to make it? Or do you just literally whack it in the oven? Oh, just salt and pepper. Is that it? That's it. Salt and pepper. Oh. Whack it in the oven. Stuff it with a lemon or something. Um, whack it in the oven. I mean, I love a jacket potato, so... I love a jacket potato. Yeah. So if, if anyone's got any chicken recipes, that's fine. And something... If, just... Not, do I take issue with it? Probably, maybe, I'm not sure. Is Novak Djokovic... He seems to be yes. at the heart of all this, I tell you. Um, he obviously, like a lot of us, has got a lot of time on 
their hands. So he's been quite active on Instagram. He he went through his phase early on of chatting with with Murray and Vavrinka and Federer. And I think he sort of, I think that was done. He sort of, I've done that. So then he, he's been focusing on a self-mastery project. That's his words, not my words. Yeah, sounds really interesting. Because he does have, he does have <laughs> different beliefs and different thoughts. We know and he went through the phase when there's sort of meditation was a thing and we know his diet is a thing and da 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 but recently there's a there's a guy who's been talking to called Shervine about detox and nutrition and this guy says some they they've come up with some what do we what do we say they've come up with some I don't want to say cr- opinions a- opinions because it's not facts are it's they not, yeah to sort of what is it purifying water with positive thoughts with your emotions your emotions can purify water look i I, Mm. uh, i'm going to stay out of all like you're not going to get too but i i just wonder and and this chervine also has products that he you can buy if you believe in what what he's talking about i just find it chervine doesn't seem to have an enormous amount of followers no matter djokovic has an enormous amount of followers. You've got thousands yeah. upon thousands of people who Including ch- us. Including us. Who I, I don't I didn't I didn't stay for that Instagram live, but he's done he's done a few and look it, it's something he believes in and, and I get it and everyone has their beliefs. But I just think I and you may agree with me or not, but someone like Novak Djokovic, you have a res- you have a responsibility. You have so many people hang on everything you say. It's almost cultish to some degree. I mean, we see how Djokovic fans can attack people on social media if you say something negative about Djokovic. You're in this position of power where people listen to you. I I don't know. I just think you have a sense of responsibility. And as much as you believe in something, don't you always have to be don't you also have to be careful about what you're saying? It's an interesting one, isn't it? about like do you choose to be a role model or if people choose to model themselves on you that's maybe their responsibility that sort of thing it's one thing I suppose kind of giving out opinions but I don't know it kind of crosses the line into more sort of conspiracy type stuff and there was one moment where Djokovic was trying to explain what it was they were trying to explain um and he kind of got a bit stuck because what he was the sentence that he started was like look you know what we are talking about it's not really it's not really and the answer to that was science or fact or anything like that um <laughs> and he ended up saying something like a normal new nutritional teaching or something <laughs> but he, he kind of got himself a bit stuck yeah i mean i kind of feel like people can say what they want and people are free to have a go at him. What but... if he's, and again, everyone can believe, talking about being anti-vaccine and when the coronavirus came up, would he have a vaccine to get back on tour? And initially he said, well, I'm not so sure. I, I worry about what I put in my body. And you know, th- those those topics can be, they are inflammatory, but they can be quite dangerous when you're talking something about anti, anti-vaccine. I, it's, I don't know, it's, as I say, I believe in free speech and, and believe in everything. I just... I just think you have to either qualify things or make it clear to people that really this is this is just me and I'm not I I don't know I just think you have to in in some areas tread carefully with this stuff. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's a load of nonsense, isn't it? So 
<laughs> well, there we go. <laughs> I have to say, it's it's been it's been eye opening lockdown. If we're just talking from a tennis point of view, all these Instagram lives and the what they've been chatting about, who they've been chatting with. Um, but something before we go, because I do have to get back to homeschooling. We're doing times today, telling the time, and a bit more on phonics, words, and things. So I I can't put it off too much longer. But we are planning on a bit of a, a special podcast next week oh yes i totally forgot about this it, <laughs> i oh definitely dear. knew no no i'm oh with you i'm with dear. you yeah because it's mental health awareness week between the 18th and 24th of may and we thought well i thought apparently because you forgot i thought in 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 recognition of that it would be nice to do something around that because it because i'm coming from a place i don't really i don't have experience of it Whereas it's fair to say you do, so it could be quite an interesting chat. Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, I, I get, I talk about mental health for a living. I'm an ambassador for uh, charities. Uh, I'm also a mental health ambassador for the LTA as well. So um, it's something that I, I talk about my own experiences. So there's not really anything that's kind of off limits. So any questions you've got, or if any questions that listeners have, uh, to fire my way. Uh, uh, the only thing that I would say whenever I talk about mental health is that I'm not a professional, so I can't diagnose, I can't treat, I can't tell you what to do. I can only speak from my own experience. And if that connects with people and helps people, then great. Uh, and if it was, if something worked for me, but it doesn't work for you, then great. Like that's, that's the way that it is. But uh, no, I'm happy to talk about anything really. And I think it's going to be interesting from my point of view, because I, I, I don't have any experience of it personally or really people close to me having gone through anything like it. So I'm going to use it as a learning experience and we thought it'd be good to do it around Mental Health Awareness Week in the UK. So if you do, as Naomi said, if you have any questions, then Twitter, Instagram or the website, tennispodcast.com, get in touch and we will go through that. But no, I, I'm looking forward to it. There'll still probably be a bit of random-ish and any updates on what's happening in the tennis world. But the majority of, of next week's pod or our next pod will be dedicated to that so i am looking forward to that. i think it's gonna be an interesting one now i have to go back to telling the time and also working out what to do with the chicken tonight so on that note i'm off good luck bye see you later